Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, guys, I feel like maybe we need to start with prayer today. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. Um, I am going to talk, if you saw on my Instagram, I already kind of pre-warned you guys. I think it's really important that we cannot go past this week without talking about voting. Uh, now, don't switch off, okay? Don't switch off. Even if you're listening to this and it's after voting, which in Australia is this Saturday coming, um, don't switch off because I promise you, you're going to learn so much. And a little part of me was like, oh, come on, Renee, you can't do that topic. Like, oh, maybe it will just be a bit boring, but um, I'm going to try and not make it boring. But um, I think, you know what, it's actually something we all need to know because so much has changed in our country. Oh my Lord, so much has changed. And um I just think voting's not as as kind of straightforward as it used to be because I think politics has never been straightforward, but even more in the last little while it hasn't been straightforward. So I think it's something that we need to know about because I think and I feel really bad that there's been so many years that I've just gone in and kind of guessed my way through voting. I actually feel really bad about that. Um, and I feel really bad that I haven't researched it properly before. And so um, I know that quite a few of you actually have asked me to do this episode. You're like, Renee, I don't know how to vote. I don't know what to do. So uh, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, by the way. That's up to you. But I'm going to try and unpack of, as much of it as I can, which might be able to help you to work out how to vote or who to vote for. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is a really big responsibility because, you know, like years ago, it just didn't seem to matter so much. The parties weren't that different to one another and, you know, things didn't seem to change that quickly, but now things are changing so quickly. I feel like every single one of our votes matters for our future and the future generations for our children and our children's children. Oh my gosh, we have to be involved in this area of um, of our country because guys, it literally affects everything. Look at what we've just been through. Okay. So, um, yeah, so this is in response to all of you that asked me to talk about this and I've got a lot to get through. So I'm kind of going to talk fast and hope I can't split it into two because, because by the time you guys listen to the second one, voting will be over. Okay. So uh, in the past, like I said, I haven't really cared much for politics and voting was pretty easy. It was like, you know, you either vote Labour or Liberal and that's it, end of story. But we just can't be that blasé anymore. It's not as simple um, as, oh, Labour is the party for the working people and Liberal is the party for the business people. This is what my mum used to tell me growing up. She'd say, nope, you never vote Liberal because the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That That's literally all I knew about politics growing up. So my mum, obviously, that's what that was her view. But that was most people's view. It was like Labor was for the working people, Liberals for the business people. But it doesn't work that way anymore. And I just cannot go past the fact that I have just witnessed, we have all just witnessed one of the greatest uh, crazy times in Australian history. 
Uh, we've just witnessed one of the greatest strippings of our freedoms the past couple of years. And I, for one, cannot unsee what I've just seen. I cannot go past the hundreds of Australians that I personally know who have talked to me and reached out to me, who have been disciplined. Yes, really good people. So many people that have kind of looked at me and laughed and gone, Renee, I got a letter of discipline from my employer this week. And you're talking really good citizens. Like it's crazy that they've been so-called disciplined and sacked, berated, not able to finish university degrees, simply for not taking an experimental medical procedure for a virus that had a 99% survival rate. If, you know, So if you want to unpack it pretty simply, um, I watched people be locked out of their own state. I talked to a lot of them. I saw the devastation, the tears, um, you know, and some people will be like, oh, well, it was for safety. But again, and I've unpacked all this before, so I don't want to go into it today, but it wasn't for safety because every state had a different set of rules. Um, you know, people were unable to say goodbye to dying loved ones and attend their funerals. And I could go on and on. And then there was just this blame game between the federal and the state. And it just kind of felt crazy. And I guess watching that unfold made me think, it made me research a bit more and look into how does our system work in Australia? So this vote really, really matters for many, many reasons. And one thing that I have learned most of all recently is that there are good people and corrupt people. There are strong people and there are weak people in every single party that represents Australia or that wants to represent Australia. And not one single party really reflects the majority of, of my values any, anymore. There's just so much to consider. There's so much at stake. There are so many issues from abortion to our economy, to religious freedom, to climate change, to refugees, to freedom, to education, border security, and we could go on and on and on. So we really have to know what we're doing on voting day. We have to do our research. And one thing, guys, that I cannot do for you is I can't do your research of, of your candidates in your electorate. Okay. You're going to have to go from here, from what I tell you today and do a little bit of your own research. But at least I think if I cover the basics for you, you're going to know what you're doing on Saturday and you're also going to know what to research. I just want to help unpack it for you so that you can make an informed vote. So these are the four things we're going to cover today. Four things. Number one, how to vote on the day, like i.e. what the heck are the two papers that they hand you, this green one and this white one, what do they even mean? So how, how, what does that mean? How do you vote? Number two, uh, why your preferences are super important. That's all that numbering that you do in boxes, why that's actually really important. So you don't, you know, I used to just kind of uh, think that my number one vote was important and didn't really kind of care about my number two, three, four, five, six, but it's very important. Number three, I'm just going to help you to compare policies between parties on just a couple of issues. So you can see the differences. And number four, um, I'm going to end it with the most important thing you need to know. Okay. So those four things, how to vote, why your preferences matter, uh, compare policies between parties and one final takeaway. What I won't do is to tell you how to vote. You've got to do a vote that suits your conscience and your values. Okay. So here we go. Number one, how to vote. Firstly, please vote. Okay. Please don't not vote. Well, apart from the fact that it's illegal in Australia not to vote, you'll get fined, but don't put in a, a blank vote. Okay. Don't just go, oh heck, I don't know. Don't put in a blank vote and don't put in a guess vote. That's the other thing. Don't, don't do a blank vote and don't just guess, but you are going to be handed two pieces of paper. 
One is like a taller, thin green paper. That one's smaller. And the other one is like a long white paper. They're both called ballot papers. Okay. That one looks like toilet paper. (laughs) Um, So what do those two papers mean? Okay. Those two papers uh, represent or are um, adjoined to our federal parliament and the fact that our federal parliament, so I'm not talking state, I'm talking federal, which means Australia. Okay. uh, It's got two houses. It's got the house of representatives or the lower house and the Senate, which is the upper house. You might've even seen these color coded, right? Like you walk into parliament and one room is green and one room is red. Okay. So the house of representatives, which is the lower house is the green house and the Senate or the upper house is the red. Okay. Now your ballot papers match those two houses. I wish they made the white one red. That would be easier. But anyway, let's talk the first one, the House of Representatives. So this is going to match up with the green ballot paper that you get, the thin, tall one. Now, let me explain the House of Representatives in Canberra. Okay, It's made up of 151 members of parliament, and each of them represent an electorate in Australia. So what they've done is they've divided Australia up into 151 areas or 151 electorates. And you live in one of those electorates, okay? So um, that's why it's called the House of Representatives. So every electorate is allowed one member, okay, to go and sit as a part of or be a member of that House of Representatives. And that's why it's called the House of Representatives, because they represent you. They represent all the different electorates. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so those 151 chairs that are sitting in Parliament uh, are all filled by 151 different people, all of whom represent a different electorate in Australia, and you need to find out which electorate you're in. Now, whichever party gets more than 50% of seats in the House of Representatives forms government, okay? Because all of those people are attached to a party. And so the leader of that party is becomes the Prime Minister, all right? So this is where in the House of Representatives is where new laws are proposed and where they're voted on. And then if they pass the lower house, the House of Representatives, then these votes get sent to the Senate, which I'll explain to you in a minute for further debate and decision making. So this ballot paper, this green ballot paper, you're voting for the person that you want to represent you in that House of Representatives, okay? Now, this ballot paper, I'm not sure how many, I don't know if every electorate has got the same number of boxes. I think it's usually around five or six, so don't quote me on that because, oh, I forgot to tell you at the start, guys, I'm not an expert. So if I get something wrong on this, research it yourself or come in and tell me. But this is the best to my knowledge from from what I've researched and, and been talking to people. Okay, so your ballot paper, your green one that represents, you know, the House of Representatives will have five or six boxes. Now, only one of these um, people are, are going to be chosen to sit in that lower house for each electorate. Okay, so this ballot paper is going to have the names of each candidate for your electorate and the party they belong to. All right, so it will have their name and the party. 
So most likely on your ballot paper, you're going to see candidates and you're probably not even going to know who those people are, by the way. You'll probably more be going by the party they're from, uh, but they'll most likely be candidates from the Liberal, the Labour, Greens, One Nation, United Australia Party, maybe the Liberal Democrats, and maybe one or two others. So you need to put these in preference of um, from one to six. Okay. Number one being your first preference of who you, who would be your first choice to represent you in the lower house. Number two being your second choice and so on. Okay. So that's the house of representatives. Now let's look at the Senate. So this is the upper house. So this is the house in all, all the pictures. If you see the red, the color red, red chairs, red carpet, this is the Senate. Okay. Now this is going to be represented by the long, large white piece of paper. When you go in, just think of toilet paper. Okay. Toilet paper, Senate. Now, the Senate is made up of, oh, senators, okay? So you would have probably heard the word senators before. Now, these guys' job is really important because they keep an eye on the government. They review the laws. Uh, they also advocate for their state. And so basically there are, um, in the Senate, there are 76 seats, okay? There are 12 senators from every state and two from each territory. And by the way, just for a bit of extra information, these are rotated. Um, these guys get to stay in for six years, okay? But they don't change all of them every six years. They only change half of them every three years. So every three years, half of them change, just so that you don't wipe out the Senate and start afresh. Now, the senators have a bit more power, okay? So this is really important. On this long white Senate paper, you have two choices. You either can vote above the line or you can vote below the line. Now, above the line looks a lot easier because there's a lot less boxes, okay? There's only six boxes above the line. But if you vote above the line, you're only going to see party names, okay? So if you vote above the line, essentially what you're doing is you're voting for the party, and then the party chooses the candidate. You don't get to choose, okay? So uh, so you've just got to remember that. If you vote above the line, you're essentially only voting for the party, and then they choose who they want to represent your electorate for that party in that Senate seat, not you. Now, voting below the line, there are heaps of boxes. I don't even know how many, but there's heaps of boxes. But you only have to tick 12 of them, okay, if you choose to vote below the line. So what is voting below the line? Well, below the line, the, again, it's like your green piece of paper. You're going to see the name of a candidate and the party that they belong to. So if you vote below the line, it means that you're not only voting for which party that you want first, but you're also voting for the candidate. So in other words, you're voting for the person, not the party, Okay, so above the line, you're voting for the party. Now, in the past, to be honest with you, I voted above the line because it's just so much easier. And also, I'm like, who the heck are all these people below the line? So I just trusted that when I voted for a party that they're going to put in the right people. Um, but this year, I'm going to be voting below the line. Okay, so I've really got to do my research into my candidates. And because, like I said, where parties used to for the majority most of the people in a party had the similar values. I just find that just seems to be no longer the case. So, you know, Liberal might in the past have been a more traditionally conservative party, but there are many members in there that I wouldn't align with. And that would go for every party, by the way. Okay. All parties have got good and all parties have got corrupt. 
Okay, so the important thing for you to do is to find what electorate you're in. So how do you do that? Um, It's super easy, but don't get it confused with your state electorate because when you vote for the state, like when you vote in your state premier, your electorate name is different, all right? So you've got to, uh, this is a federal election, so all you have to do is go to um, find my electorate. It's a website. It's super easy. You just put find my electorate in the search bar and then you type in your postcode and it will tell you what electorate you're in. So I'm in, um, Rankin. That's the electorate I'm in. And then what you need to do is Google around to find all the candidates for your electorate for all the different parties. And this is where your research comes into it. I can't do this for you. You've got to research who are the people standing in my electorate and what do they stand for? And this is, this is you know, what I said before, people over parties. So you've got to know um, what do these people stand for? Because like I said, all these different people can stand for different things, even though they might belong to the same party. All right, so you have to know your House of Representative candidate and you have to know your Senate member or candidate. So I'll give you an example. I know and have met Amanda Stoker and she's a senator. I'm pretty sure she's actually in my electorate. And although I highly disagree with her on the stance that she took on vaccine mandates, I have met her. I really like her. I know that she's a conservative Christian and I know that she takes that seriously on a personal levels and there's many issues that I agree with her. So she'd be someone that I'd think, oh yeah, I'd be happy to vote for her. Okay. So that's number one. You got it? Okay. Green piece of paper, House of Representatives. Only one of them can you is your first one, but don't forget, mark all the boxes. Okay. You, you've got to mark all the boxes, which I'll talk about next in number two. And then your white piece of paper, you're voting for the Senate. Above the line, you're voting for parties. Below the line, you're voting for people. All right, number two, why are your preferences super important? Okay, so like I said, I used to just think what I put in box number one was the most important, but that's not true. It is equally important what you put, who you put for number two, three, four, five, six, and so on. Okay, I'll try and explain this the best I can. So let's go back to that green, long, thin piece of paper, the House of Representatives. So all the votes are going to be taken out at the end of Saturday and they're going to be put into piles. And remember, each person represents a party. So they're going to sort all of the ballots out, okay, Um, according to the number one vote on each ballot paper. So they'll put everyone that voted number one for the liberal person in a pile, everyone that voted number one for the labor in a pile, everyone that voted number one for the greens in a pile and so on. Okay. But remember you've got to get, they've got to get more than 50% to win. So every number one vote is tallied. And if one of the candidates has got more than 50% of the votes in their electorate, then they win. But if no one person or no one party has gotten over 50%, then what they do is they go to the smallest pile, okay, the one that's got the least number of votes, and then they go, okay, you guys have been knocked out, and their ballots are then redistributed according to your number two preference, Okay, so look, I know that this probably doesn't make a huge amount of sense, but just believe me, that's why your number two, three, four is important. And because if your number one gets knocked out, they're going to look at your number two and then they're going to give 
that vote to your number two. But then if still there's no one that um, has more than 50% of the votes, then they'll go to the next smallest number of votes of per pe- a party that was voted for or person that was voted for, and they'll grab those. That person gets knocked out, and then they'll go to your number three and, and so on, okay, until somebody gets more than 50%. So if that makes no sense to you, don't worry about it. It basically just means that um, your number two, three, four, five, six are all important. So don't just research the person you're going to give your number one preference to. Okay. Now guys, this is why on the way in, you get assaulted with people shoving pieces of paper in your face, which are the how to vote cards. It is so annoying. You know how what you walk in and there's all these different colored tents, there's yellow for the UAP and there's red for labor and there's blue for liberal. And I can't even think of all the colors. And then on the way in, all these people are standing there shoving stuff at you, um, trying to show you how to vote. Now they do that for a reason. They are hoping that you don't know how to vote. They're hoping that you don't know who you want to be your number two, three, four, because they know that those preferences are really important because parties do deals with one another. So Greens, for example, will have a deal with Labor and they'll say, hey, Labor, we'll give you our preferences um, if we, because they know, they know that they're never going to be big enough to form government, but they can say, hey, Labor, we'll give you our second preference if you agree to put this or that policy through for us. Okay. That's me just saying it very simply. And so if you follow their how to vote card, you need to know that, for example, with the Greens, a vote for them might actually really also be a vote for Labor. Okay. So don't just take those cards and trust them that they know how who should have your second, third, fourth preference. Research each candidate yourself, okay? That's why I'm saying do your research. So just because you might vote Greens first doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with the Labor Party on a lot of stuff and you might not want your vote to go to them if the Greens don't get in. So so don't just let someone else tell you who your second preference and third preference and fourth preference should be. You decide by researching these people and working out who they are and if you align with them, okay? Your preferences are so important and they push these pieces of paper into your hand because they really hope that you don't know what you're doing and that you just follow what they tell you to do. All right. So takeaways so far, green ballot paper is the house of representatives. One person from your electorate will become part of the 151 members of the house of representatives the greenhouse, the lower house. Okay. And there's going to be six boxes and you've got to put your preferences in order from one to six. And remember what I said, research and know who are your candidates for the house of representatives. Who are those six people or five people? Now the white ballot paper, remember, even though it's white and it looks like toilet paper, it's for the Senate. Okay. Which is the red house, the upper house all up. There are 76 Senate seats, These guys have a lot of power. Be careful who you choose. They keep an eye on a government. They pass laws. So remember, if you vote above the line, you're voting for a party. And if you go below the line, you're voting for candidates or people. All right. Number three. So we've looked at how to vote. Number one. Number two, we've looked at why your preferences are important. Don't give away your number two, three, four, five, six. Make sure you know what you're doing. 
Number three, I just wanted to do a quick comparison of the major parties to help you um, again to have a bit of an idea about which way you might want to vote. Now, it's super important, guys, like I said, that we know the people in each party, and I'm going to talk about that at the end, but it's still important that we know what the parties stand for in general, because there are some parties that you'll be like, heck no, that party does not align with my values at all, so I am always going to make sure that I put that candidate last, okay? Now, what are some of your party options? We all know that in Australia, we have a two-party system, Liberal National Okay, with the liberals, which by the way, you might have heard them called the coalition because liberal could never form government on their own. And so they joined with the nationals. That's why our prime minister is comes from the liberal party, but the deputy, I think I've got this right. The deputy comes from the, uh, from the national party. Okay. So our coalition, because it's made up of two parties, liberal national, it's made up of, yeah, two parties. That's why it's called the coalition. And then the other party, of course, is Labour. All right. Now, there are other federal federal parliamentary parties that you would have heard of, like Greens, One Nation, United Australia Party. And then there are federal non-parliamentary parties like the Animal Party. And there's a few others that I won't go into. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the major ones and I'm going to give you a little snapshot on three things, Um, abortion, religious freedom, and then the COVID mandate and freedom issues. They're the three things I'm going to give you a little quick snapshot, but you need to work out what what values you have. Like, do you care about abortion or don't you? Do you care about religious freedom or don't you? Is there something else that you care about? If it's climate change, then compare the climate change policy between parties. You know, if it's the economy, then compare what they want to do for the economy. If it's education, so whatever things matter to you. Okay. But I just thought I'd take the three hot topics, abortion, religious freedom, and then the, uh, the mandates. All right, let's start off with liberal. So liberal is who's currently in power. And um, I've explained to you, they're the coalition. They are known as being more socially conservative and they're more what we call center right. I think I might've talked to you about left and right before. If you hear the words left and right in politics, all that means is um, towards the right is the more conservative values. And if you start going towards the left, you start heading towards progressive values. Okay, so liberal is more socially conservative. They're on the right. They're for uh, traditionally for small and big business, whereas the nationals who form part of the coalition look after the country and rural areas. Okay, all right, let's look at abortion. So Um, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has said recently that he doesn't want the national debate over abortion rights that's occurring in the US right now to take place in Australia. He said it was an issue that could deeply divide a country. And that is for another podcast because that is massively going on in America right now. So he said that he doesn't intend to bring it into the agenda because he thinks it can be a very divisive and polarizing issue. So he's not really promising anything around this at the moment. Um, And he said it was not a topic that he wanted to visit during the election, as it's an issue that can divide the country. But in general, Liberal has got a party policy where they are opposed uh, to abortion in in the past, but they allow their members to have a conscience vote. So they don't say, if you're part of the Liberal Party, you have to believe and and adhere to our party policy. So their party policy is they're opposed to it, but they allow their members to have a conscience vote on the issue, okay? 
All right. Uh, and there, yeah, okay. I was going to say I could talk about the Babies Born Alive bill, um, but they declined to allow that Babies Born Alive bill to come to a vote. That's probably another issue. I don't want to confuse you. Okay. What was their views on the mandates and COVID? Um, well, that's pretty clear. No jab, no pay was already in place for, for children's immunizations. Um, the fact that they're offering free COVID vaccines for children five years and older. Um, so I think you can pretty much gather from the last two years that they support vaccine passports. They supported all COVID mandates, even though... Scott Morrison would verbally say that he doesn't agree with mandating the vaccine, but then it was very confusing because he bought it and then he handed it to all the states without saying to them, okay, I'll give this to you on the proviso that. So a bit confusing, kind of said one thing, did another. He also um, obviously allowed job loss for those that didn't adhere. So there's nobody, my, no, my choice here. All right, let's look at religious freedom. So um, they've got a principled position on defending the right of freedom of religious belief. Um, but of course it didn't get passed. Now he promised that he would try and get that passed during his time as prime minister. Um, it didn't get passed recently. You might've been aware of that. Um, but he is still committed to that. All right. Um, okay. Let's look at labor. So Let's compare those same three things with labor, abortion, religious freedom, and the mandates. Okay, labor traditionally is the oldest party in Australia. They're center-left, so they will always go for the more progressive side, okay? So that'd be the ones, like remember the same-sex marriage debate? Um, Liberal didn't want to bring that in. That was Malcolm Turnbull at the time. Even though he was the prime minister for the liberals, he's actually a very progressive person by nature. So he put it to a referendum referendum where we all got to vote. Whereas Labor were like, no, we're all for um, the freedom for LGBT to be able to marry because you'll always see Labor for the most part going towards those progressive social issues. Um, so if they had to choose between decreasing taxes and providing increased government support, they'll always go for increasing government support. So they prefer big government. And if they got in, um, Albanese would be the prime minister. All right. What's their policy on abortion? Their policy is that they support the decriminalization of abortions and they support free abortions at taxpayer funded hospitals. All right. They also seem to be opposed to the babies born alive bill, but I won't go into that. So they want access to terminations of uh, pregnancies to be regulated at a state level. And um, arrangements are already well settled in most states, so there won't be any changes there. Okay, and just remember, by the way, just remember, Labor Party here in Queensland, I don't know about the other st states, have legalized abortions up until birth. Okay, so just remember that. That was done under the Labor state government. All right, what about the COVID mandates? All right, it's hard to find anything except a long ramble on Albo's personal website about how we all worked together, apparently, according to him during COVID, and how we responded. This is exactly what he said on his website. We responded not through coercion, but cooperation. I would argue with that. Uh, we did not cooperate. We were co coerced for the most part. Uh, and he kept going on and on about how we're in this together and about the power of government to change 
lives were the right values in a crisis, but there was no talk of passports or freedoms or mandates in like currently. But if we go back a year ago to see what his plan was a year ago, where he was talking about it, he said things like, I'm going to fix the vaccine rollout. I'm going to build quarantine facilities across the country. I'm going to have a more effective public information campaign, and we are going to make mRNA vaccines here in Australia. So there you go. He was all for pushing back the freedoms and rolling out more, um, more mandates. All right. What about religious freedoms? Okay. They are committed to Labor's proud history of advancing quality, equality for all people, particularly for First Nations, um, for women, for people with disabilities, for the LGBT community and people of faith. And following the recent debate on Morrison's religious discrimination bill, Labor said that they will prevent discrimination against people of faith. But what they want to do, they want to add into the religious uh, discrimination bill um, an act to protect students from discrimination on any grounds. So they want to add that in. And they also want to protect teachers from discrimination at work whilst maintaining the right of religious schools to preference people of faith in selection of their staff. Don't quite know how that could work together, but there you go. All right, so that's them on those three issues. All right, let's take another party. Let's take the United Australia Party. This is the Clive Palmer Party ran by Craig Kelly. Uh, Whenever you see these guys, you're going to see the color yellow. You're probably seeing a lot of billboards, a lot of ads in papers. Um, These guys have become very, um, a lot more uh, looked at and popular, I think, over all of everything that's been happening with COVID. So where are they at with abortion? Well, according to Clive Palmer, they are opposed to abortion, but it's a little bit difficult to find stuff about abortion on their website. But from my digging and my research, they are opposed to abortion, but it's unclear um, if they want all of their candidates to support that. Uh, As for mandates, they are quite opposite to Labor and Liberal. They are all for freedom and Australian rights. They want to end lockdowns forever. They want to abolish vaccine passports. Um, They want to respect the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship. They also want to abolish the national cabinet that Scott Morrison put in place for COVID, which um, is unconstitutional, but he put that in there. And they made a lot of those decisions around COVID from that. Uh, They want to protect free speech from the tech giants, and they want to protect Australian values, including the freedom of speech, religion, and they're all for your body, your choice. Okay. Um... I'm kind of running out of time. So I didn't see a lot of stuff on religious freedoms from them, but they did have a small part on their website when they said that they're for all freedom, like freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So I'm not quite sure what else they would think about that. All right, let's have a look at uh, two more, One Nation and then the Greens. One Nation. Now, guys, this is interesting. I actually was really surprised when I read this. Uh, Let's take abortion. So One Nation, we all know Pauline Hanson. She's the head of that. Now, they actually are the first party in Australia to have an actual comprehensive pro-life policy. You can go onto One Nation's website and look at all their policies, and they are the first ones to have an actual policy on pro-life. And I read it, and it was quite compassionate as well. So that was interesting because they also talk about 
making sure that they give medical care to babies that are born alive, making sure they give proper medical care to, to mums, proper support to mums who, um, who then obviously have an unwanted pregnancy. Um, and they require, unlike liberal, they actually require their members to vote in alignment with that policy. So they don't give them their own conscience vote. Okay. They acknowledge on their website, the scientific fact that life begins in the womb. They were horrified when state legislation legalized abortion up to birth for a lot of states. And they said that we have one of the most extreme abortion policies in the Western world. So that was really, really interesting. As for the COVID mandates, they have been very vocal the whole time, the same as the UAP, against lockdowns, against vaccine passports, disgusted that Australians have lost their jobs due to not participating in the experimental vaccine, which has not been proven to be safe or effective. This is all from their website. And religious freedom, um, even though she is not a religious person, they're not a religious party, One Nation was prepared to support the government's religious discrimination bill in the form that it was before Scott Morrison made some changes to it or something about putting more protections for students who didn't need them, but I'm not quite sure where that's at. So they were going to support the original discrimination bill that was first put forward, which is, I think, the bill that we would be the most happy with. So um, what else? Blah, blah, blah. I've written all this stuff, but we're so running out of time. Um, all right, I won't go into all that. Okay, so what about... What about the greens? I'll just do one last thing on greens before we hit up number four on the most important thing I can tell you. Now, the greens, guys, I know that they have been formed because of their, their central concern is the environment, but they are too small to form government. But what they want to do is to drag labor even more left. Greens have extremely progressive leftist ideologies, which really are in conflict with our Christian worldview. Um, they fully support abortion. Not only do they support it, they want to make, make, force all Christian and private hospitals to become public and to make all of them provide free abortions. So that's just on one topic. All right. So there we go. So there's a little bit of a comparison, but like I said, um, it might give you a little bit of an idea and let's finish on number four. So number one, we've done how to vote. What are all those papers mean. Number two, why your preferences are important. Number three, we just did a quick comparison, a very basic comparison on three different uh, aspects of policies that different parties have around abortion, religious freedom, and the mandates. But number four, the most important thing that I can tell you guys is this. You're going to hear me say it. If I were to talk on this again, I would tell you this again. Vote for people, not parties. People that I trust, that's what I'm hearing them say. So that's why I'm not voting above the line on the Senate big, long toilet paper piece of paper. I'm voting below, but I'm not going to fill in every box. I'll probably just fill in the first 12, which is the minimum. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, once upon a time, there was not that much disparity in values across people in each party. But I don't think that can any longer be said. And even though there are certain parties that um, I might go, oh, I don't really align, you know, with maybe all of their policies, but there are some really good people that are in that party. So 
vote for the people in the parties because there are corrupt people in every party and there are great people in every party. And if you vote for the party instead of the people, they get to choose, that party gets to choose who their candidates are. So what we want to try and do is not so much um, focus on which party gets into power on Saturday, but making sure that parliament is full of good people. Okay. Are you hearing me guys? It's not even like pretty much we're either going to get Labor or Liberal are going to get in, right? There's not much choice here, Labor or Liberal. But despite what you might think of either or both of those, what we can do is if we vote for the candidates who have got the best values, the best value systems, then we can make sure that our parliament is filled with good men and good women, not corrupt men and corrupt women. Okay, so that's really really important. But in order to do that, you have to research the candidates in your area. So go to that, find my electorate, put in your postcode, find out what electorate you're in and research the heck in the next couple of days over all of the different candidates that are standing. Um, Because that is the only way that we're going to get good people into our parliament. Okay. So it's really important that we focus on that and that you do your research and that you work out what is important to me, what values do I want to find out, you know, that this candidate might hold on certain things. Like what are the non-negotiables for me? Hi guys. Hey, I've never done this before, but what you've just been listening to, I recorded last night and I was listening to it again because I wanted to make sure I got everything as correct as what I know to be true. Um, And I realized upon further of my research from listening, something I didn't make clear and that I found out um, in greater clarity myself is that um, when you vote for the House of uh, Representatives, yes, you are voting for someone from your electorate. So find out your electorate name, find out the candidates from your electorate and vote for them on the green piece of paper. But with the Senate, you're not just voting for people that are standing for the Senate from your electorate. And I didn't make that clear. Okay. So when you're voting for people to put in the Senate on the white piece of paper, and that's for those of you that are going to vote below the line, like I'm going to do, um, those senators might not necessarily live in your electorate, but you can vote for any senators. Okay. So for example, Amanda Stoker happens to live near me. So she probably does live in my electorate. I don't know. Maybe I don't know where she lives, but her office is in my electorate, but it doesn't matter because there are other people I want to vote for. Like say, um, I really love Matt Canavan. He's a really good man. Um, and I know people that know him as well. So he's someone that is not in my electorate at all, but I will be voting for him. So that's a couple of examples. So just remember House of Representatives, they are coming from your, representing your electorate. So look those up. But when it comes to the Senate, those people are going to be from all around the place, all around your state, not just from your electorate. So you're going to have to do two lots of research there. Oh my goodness, guys, we did it. Oh my gosh, 42 minutes of political talk. Um, But I know that you wanted it. Um, I had so many of you that jumped into my DNs when I announced I was doing this, going a hip, hip, hooray. Thank you. And oh my gosh, I've got no idea what I'm doing. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. I feel a little bit like what I did a few years ago. I did this year seven 
um, contract at, at the school I was in. And my jam is my jam are the little ones. My jam's prep one, two, three, four, uh, you know, but year seven's a bit like, oh my gosh, but I took this, um, contract and the theme for the term was politics. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I knew nothing about politics at the time. It was so funny. And then, and then I only just have to research it and teach it. I then had to take them to parliament house. But anyway, I loved it, but that's what I feel like. So anyway, guys, if you've listened to this to the end, go reward yourself with a coffee or, uh, I don't know, something because kudos to you for making it to the end. So please, please take this. Well, look, you obviously are taking this seriously because you're still listening. So make sure you go do your research. And um, guys, thank you so much for coming in and having a listen. You're absolutely amazing. And I love you. And I will see you on Friday for Parenthood Friday. Until then, bye.